When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I'm Tyler Metcalf, joined, as always, by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how are we doing? We're back, baby. Gosh, it feels good to see your face, Metcalf. I missed you. Oh, um, no, hey, we got to start being, you know, ELE. Everybody love everybody. <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm hanging in there. Um, been, dro- been watching a lot of film. Starting to get a little bit more excited about this class, but uh, it feels good to talk hoops with you again. And for everyone following us live, watching. We love you. Thank you guys for joining us again. Metcalf, how are you doing? How are you holding up? Um, weird week for the Wolves. You know, yeah, just the Towns, the Towns game was hilarious because with it, everyone was focusing on Embiid and um, I was texting some of my NBA buddies and I was like, Towns, you got to get to a point. Like, I feel like he had missed three shots or something. I was like, you just got to start shooting. Just sh-. And then, of course, they lost. And I was just like, this is funny. But um, I should have bet that next game. I don't know if they covered. Because I was I like, oh, an angry team, they didn't probably cover, huh? No, I think it was like a 10-point win or so Yeah, against okay. the Wizards. Um, much closer than that for far too long. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, you, you're saying weird week. Most would argue that they're just back to normal and that these previous <laughs> two months were uncharacteristic for them. Uh, so th- this is the, 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 the joys of Timberwolves fandom. Um, just chaos all the time. Weird uh, week in they- NBA overall. Doc Rivers just, you know, getting getting to miss an entire off or uh, camp training camp, and then just getting called off the bench. Just harnessing his his, his inner little finger and just ousting uh, Adrian Griffin like that. Just brutal, <laughs> brutal. Um, all right, no, I'm, I'm excited for this episode. Uh, we're we're gonna kind of get back to our our roots, our fundamentals, and just kind of focus on a couple guys. Uh, go through their games. What what they've done well concerns where they are on our boards trends all of that kind of stuff plus a little bit of film review um so 
Rucker, let's just jump right into it. Yeah. Cody Williams. It's time, baby. I'm so pumped. This week. <laughs> um, wings forward from uh, Colorado, freshman, younger brother of Oklahoma City Thunders, Jalen Williams. Where do you want to start with him? I don't know where to start. I'm, I'm in love. Um, I got him at one. Wow. Okay. Yep. I, I had him at one. Then the legendary Kristen Peak came on with Maxwell. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't heard that, that, oh my gosh, that's one of my favorite episodes. Probably anyone at no ceilings has done. She's a rock star. So yeah. shout out to Kristen. She was fantastic. Um, you got to check that episode out. And she said, she's got Cody at one. And I was like, well, she gets it. She's smart. So, um, but it was it was really interesting to hear everything she was saying, and she dropped a lot of good breadcrumbs for everyone, and just goes to to check out kind of what we've felt about Cody when you know me and you have said since we saw him at, in Portland drink, we said he's super raw, yeah. But there was just flashes where you were like, oh my goodness, if this starts to happen more consistently, this is a bad man, and. I think the confidence is surging right now, Metcalf, and I'm going to go a little all over the place because um, I'm writing another scouting notebook for no ceilings. I have a very big section in, in, about Cody in it. And one of the things I said that was so impressive for me watching him is, you know, he's around, I think he's listed around like 6'9", 196. So he's a little thin frame, but he plays tough. And you know, he goes at people. He's not afraid to take on contact. And I think the biggest thing for me is I'm watching this. I'm impressed. And I'm saying, what happens when this kid's in a weight room for a full off season and, you know, an NBA strength and conditioning program, like goodness. So um, I, I'm in love. I, I think the hype's real. I think the play on the court's been fantastic. Um, and I'm very excited to hear your thoughts. Yeah, and the the big thing with him always just kind of seemed like when is the confidence going to kick in? When is he going to just realize how good he actually is and can be? And it feels like we're starting to see that from him because I hoop summit, sorry, but he just looked uncomfortable there. And the start of this year with Colorado, he looked a little bit uncomfortable just trying to find his footing, trying to find his place. But the the question there were never any questions about whether or not he could play because his feel his passing vision his defense um it was all really really high level and stuff that just popped every time that he was on the court the the questions came with all right what type of scorer is he what type of offensive creator is he is that going to kind of really come to fruition this year or are we just going to see like glimpses of it and then next year it's going to be the holy shit year um it's starting right now. And we're seeing that with a handful of these freshmen um, throughout th- throughout the country right now where things are starting to click. They're starting to find their group. They're figuring out their roles. Their coaching staffs are figuring out how best to use them. And we're seeing their impacts grow by the day. And Cody's right at the top of the list. Um, so just to run through a couple numbers, or just some synergy numbers uh, from him, he's currently in the 98th percentile in transition, the 74th percentile spotting up, the 69th percentile as the pick and roll ball handler, um, pulling up some of the jump shot stuff, 98th percentile on all jumpers. That doesn't feel right, but it is. <laughs> it might feel right, though. I mean, what shock me? 
what does feel right though is the 92nd percentile at the rim where he's shooting 73.2 percent um so it, it, it's been a really 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 impressive month for He's played 12 games. He had the injury. He was out a little bit where I was like, oh boy, like that was annoying timing because he was starting to get in his groove. And I said, if he comes back and picks up where he left off, then things are going to get loud in a hurry. Um, And he has done that. He has played 12 games. He's had two games in which he didn't finish in double figure scoring. That includes the first game of the year. Um, That is a great point right there. His last seven games, he's averaging 18.4 points a game on shooting splits of 60, 55, 72, and 2.63 point attempts a game and over that stretch. I buy the shot. I think Cody's starting to figure out the the timing of when to like he's not he's not someone that's forcing shots. I think he understands when it's the right time to take it. And he he's patient. I think the drives have really impressed me. It's still, you brought up a good point and about going back to Portland about like, he didn't look comfortable and it, it, I agree, but I'm also trying to figure out if that's like the right way to, he looked like someone that was just figuring out like, Oh, I can, I can pull that off. Like, Oh, like, okay. Like, and I, that's where I was like, okay, he could all of a sudden the light switch could come on this year in which Cody could be like, I'm really starting to figure this out. This is fun. And, he just looks confident. He looks now like he's he's wanting to attack. He's being aggressive. In Portland, he looked like a guy that was just trying to figure out how to be comfortable in mm-hmm. the surrounding. And now it looks like he's kind of getting that, like, I can do this. I can be the, yeah. the guy, which is really fun to watch and something I think we weren't expecting so soon. You know, me and you talked to a scout who's like, it's only a matter of time before yeah. it clicks for him. And when it does buckle up. So I'm, I'm just really pumped. I've, I've been super impressed with what I've seen lately from him. Yeah. And so what, what do you think his kind of long-term upside is like connector wing, good defender, versatile defender, superstar upside, like number one option where, where are you kind of seeing um, his projection going? You really have to throw that one on me. Um, I think he's got star potential, Metcalf. And I'm not, this is not just because I'm, I take that back. Yes, it it helps that his brother's Jalen Williams. It helps that Jalen Williams looks like he's going to be a all NBA potential down the road, um, if not sooner rather than later. But Cody's bigger, younger, more like just more raw tools and you know if you put an off season of him working on handles and you know sometimes it looks like it's loose but he's still getting bullying his way through traffic and getting to the hoop and um there's just some fluidity with him that i still think that body's like filling out and you put some weight on him like why couldn't he be a star that's why i've moved him to one because i think he could have some of the most upside in this class now and I know that's a bold statement to say, but I see that with Cody. Like there is a, a very serious talent at potentially six nine with length that is just oozing with upside, and it's really, really, it's scary. It's fun, but it's 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 a loud statement right now. It's well deserved, and everyone's like, "This is too rich." No, this is if you've been watching closely, he is on this path. 
What about you? Where are you seeing Metcalf? Um, I'm not answering all the hard stuff, and then you don't get to you know walk the plank as well. Um, Am I crazy with the star upside? Is it just he looks good in a potential weaker class? No, I I, I kind of you know like Will said in the uh, in the comments here. You know, I I, I think he's going to end up by the end of the year looking like a guy that should be at the top of a draft. You know, remove the expectations and the already kind of predetermined opinions about this class. Just take those out the window. Um, I think, you know, five years from now, when we look back on this draft and see Cody Williams went top three, top five, it's going to be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. He's a top three to five pick at least. Um, I'm not quite sure about the star upside, you know, kind of fringe all-star is where I'm landing with him. Um, just because I I'm still not entirely sold with the shot. I know the numbers have been good. I really like the scoring touch. I, I I think he's going to be a solid shooter. I'm just not quite sure what level that really gets to. Um, if it gets to an extraordinary level where he's you know 40 percent plus, then yeah, we're talking star stuff. If he's mid 30s, then it's like all right, you're you're a little more fringe there. Um, I th- I think the handle needs to tighten up a little bit too. But you know, he's he's a freshman, so all of these right. things are to be expected, and there are areas to grow in and areas that we kind of pretty consistently see guys um do improve on the the fact that his feel and iq on both ends of the floor is already so high just gives me a ton of confidence and that he has a really strong baseline of all right at a minimum this is going to be a top six rotation guy um you know at worst and then there's so much more there to build on with time you know strength and conditioning you you put 15 20 pounds of muscle on him two years from now a lot of these drives where he's gotten again to the hoop they're looking a lot easier and he's able to he's shrugging off defenders now add that strength on plus a touch with either hand the extension finishes that's where it all gets really fascinating yeah and i i know some of these drives we had a comment um by one of the fans saying like his drives look so funky. And I think, I think that's just still his body kind of catching up where he's figuring out the fluidity. He looks so much more smoother compared to where we saw him six plus month ago. So that's only going to get better with time in theory. I I just, he's oozing with upside. I get if people are like, eh, it still looks a little herky jerky or not as smooth because it's just a talent that's figuring out, um, you know, the in-between game and it, the fact that he's doing it at such an efficient rate, I don't think it's a fluke. I think it's just a, a really damn good player that's oozing with confidence and picking his spots. And I buy the shot. I know where we have a, a bundle of clips we're going to show because, you know, that's how we get down. I'm just, I'm buying. I'm buying as much stock as I can and, um, you know, absolutely love him. Yeah, uh, let, let's just get into the clips now then. Let's and do we'll it. start with some of his drives because I I really liked his drives. I I, yeah. I thought they really stood out. Um, this one in particular. So this isn't anything overly sexy, but I just, and it's a little bit of a rounded angle, but I want, I want, I'm going to pause it a couple times here. So what I love is how low he gets on his drives, mm-hmm. where his shoulders are already below his defenders. Uh, it gives him a stronger base, allows him to explode off the ground. Once he gets to the rim a little more effectively, um, makes it a little easier for him to kind of hold his ground and not let the defender bump him off his drive here. Um, additionally, just the bend where he's so low 
and really kind of slithers around that angle like a defensive end where he's planting so far out, holding his balance, using his strength to fend off the defender, and then still explodes off the ground and beats the defender to the rim. This shot doesn't go in, but he gets the foul. And just that that combination of strength, um, flexibility, fluidity, agility, footwork, all of it, I, I really, really loved here. The bend is really important because, you know, he's getting what switched on that looks like a guard. Sorry, off the top mm -hmm. of my head, my Rolodex of Oregon State basketball is not clicking. But, you know, look, well, what are you supposed to do there if you're guarding him? You got a 6'9 guy with length that's keeping the ball out. You can't reach around him. You have to try to stay on his hip. And just getting that low, there's a lot of really good stuff with Cody's drives, fundamental-wise, that is mm -hmm. really exciting to to build off of. And I think it's going to be intrigued. There's some stuff where he has an explosive first step. I like how quickly he gets downhill on that one. So it's little details with him that are going to get really exciting for evaluators. It's little details. Yeah. And you know, we, we talk about the, the touch too, where the, the handle here is a little loose. It gets a little high on him and that's something he really needs to clean up and pops a lot, but this is extraordinary touch with his offhand where I mean, the release point is super high. He's dropping that in really high off the glass, falling into the first row over the weak side defender. That's a really, really tough shot. Really tough. The handle's always loose, but it, mm -hmm. I, I'm one of those th people that I've talked to uh, assistant coach, and I was like, hey, when a guy's coming in with a loose handle, are you ever worried? And they're like, no, because now you can work on that. You can hammer that. They're going to improve. Jalen Brown with the Celtics, it, you know, obviously I always go to, but Cody's he'll get loose handle, but still like the creativity, the understanding of like how to get away from people. Um, that's such a tough shot. And I, I did his film breakdown on our YouTube channel and that's not the only time he's throwing like this, the lefty with touch. Um, I mean, it's that Metcalf. There's clips where he's throwing. I, I watched the game. He had a running little baby hook across the lane. Yeah. Like, there's just yeah. a lot of really fun stuff that you're like, goodness, like at six, nine, like this is the stuff we weren't even dreaming of when we saw him at Portland. And it, he was a well-known high school recruit. It's just, um, this is some creativity. This is some stuff that's really going to get you excited about like what he could turn into because there's imagination with his offense right now. Like he's getting to a point where he's trying stuff on the court and he's showing results. And if he can keep adding to that bag, it's going to be really impressive. But I love the recognition there too, of just using and, touch. And this is where the importance of the shot comes in too, because if he's not shooting, if the shot never really comes around to a really high level, defenders aren't closing out on him like this, but that, that recognition to attack against the, the closeouts momentum, attack that high foot, get into the paint, and then not be deterred to try a really difficult shot here. Yeah, he could make a kick out to the corner shooter. That'd be a great read, but he has the size and length to elevate over everyone, uses his offhand, drops it in off the very top of the backboard, and then has the touch for that to fall in while he's falling out of bounds. It's really, really difficult scoring craft with his weak hand, that we really don't see from freshmen a whole lot. Yeah, it's mature to even try to go off that high off the glass when you have that size. A lot of guys would be like, oh, I'm going to try to yam on him or... Like this? Yes, and you get stuff <laughs> like that. Too. That's what I love about Cody, too, is because he seems like 
there is times where the handle's a little loose, but there also is times where he seems like he's just under control and like waiting for someone to bite, waiting for, for the defense to make a decision. And then he's just like, okay, fine. And then he does this stuff and you're just like, whoa, where did that come from? But you're starting to see now he's got some nastiness and I, I, I mean, I'm, we're going to have fun with every clip because there's there. It's legit folks. It's, it's serious, fun stuff. Yeah. And you know, aside from the handle, um, you know, I, I do think he needs to improve just his overall playmaking, but there are real flashes of high yes. level passing here. And I'm not sure if he's ever going to kind of elevate out of that kind of connective role into like a full fledged playmaker. Um, but there are flashes and, you know, we here just uh, great job. Yes. Just shrugging off the defender attracts both scoops it between the rotation and sets his teammate up with an easy layup where this is another area where he can leverage that ability to get to the rim, right? You really use his high level floor awareness and then create for others as well. And it's just that, that situational awareness, that decision-making that is so consistent and constantly results in just the right play being made. Yeah. You know, that's two thin guys going at each other. That's him going after Kwame Evans, but I like the recognition of, First lick gets cut off. He regains his composure, understands to attack. A little predetermined something. with the attack. But yeah, for sure. You know, that's Absolutely. something that you grow on. Yes. And Kwame Evans has been awesome defensively this year, so it happens. But the 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 strength to maintain his dribble there, uh, recognition to then attack back baseline, and then not force something over two big defenders and instead kind of change the angle, um, thread and thread that pass through the defense to set up the layup. It's really impressive and unselfish play. It's stuff that makes guys want to play with you. There is a lot of prospects that have come through the draft ranks with a similar frame as Cody that don't play like they're bigger. They play like they're thin frame. They play like they're 195 pounds. He plays like he's bigger, which makes me so just intrigued when he puts on weight. Because he plays like, I don't care, I'm going right at you. And then there, there's just mm-hmm. simple good reads like this where like, that doesn't well, just, look just that the, awesome, the, but it's like, do you know how touch easy over the that, defender. Yes. It looks so It looks so boring. And you're like, that's beautiful. It's great recognition. You don't need to make a one-handed no-look pass. Like, just make the simple play look effortless. And the ability to just cross-court skip pass like that over Jalen Tyson, who's, what, 6'7"? Um, and have it land right in the shooter's pocket for the open three. Yeah. That also had a little bit of heat on it too. You could see when De Silva catches that, that it was a little, that was a little bit of a fastball. Like, but I mean that, that, you know, to, I'm saying to, a good to, to mix up the sports analogies here, it's kind of like a quarterback just lock, you know, threading it over the linebackers in the middle of the field yeah. to a crossing route where he sees the entire floor and then has the touch and accuracy. Um, an ability to make the right pass and it's nothing overtly shocking with his playmaking, but it's just really, really consistent. Absolutely. And everyone's gonna be like, well, that's routine. It's like, yeah, but if that pass isn't right in the shooter's pocket, that's probably not a, uh, an attempt. Yeah. If, if it's too high, it's going out of bounds or De Silva has to, you know, jump, catch it, bring it down. And then Tyson's on him. And then you recycle 
the offense. If it's too low, Tyson's picking it off. If it's to either side, you're not getting a shot off. So it, it it's just solid. It's yes. really, really solid. W- let's talk about the defense. I knew um, it. I love it. <laughs> what, are you, what are your thoughts? I think he's looking like one of the best wing defenders in this class. It's scary when I was watching his film. I was like, man, I, I absolutely love him. And then I got to the defense and I was like, oh, Cody, like this is getting real. Um, there's some really good stuff. There's some really good stuff. There's some nastiness. I feel like he's he's playing determined and wanting to take on the challenge. Um, like that type of movement. I was not expecting that six months ago. Um, what are your thoughts? I, I, I that ridiculous I, I i just i like how he his mindset defensively does that make sense like his mindset is like i'm just gonna smother you follow you like i don't think he gets too over aggressive i think he does a good job of locking in right away shot block been really impressive go ahead yeah no, i just i'm shocked and constantly impressed by his fundamentals um his screen navigation is really good the shot blocking is obviously fantastic but what constantly stands out to me on all of these drives is how consistently he gets back rimside um whether it's initially from cutting off the drive and moving his feet to perfection um or even when he gets on a the ball handler's hip, he does such a good job of kind of reconfiguring his positioning, getting back rim side, taking the contact in the chest and walling up or blocking the shot in perfect position. Even though he two seconds ago, he was a step behind. It's just constant pursuit and fundamentals and length and athleticism that a lot of guys don't have. And the fact that he's connecting all of those different pieces and all of those different tools, um, consistently on a nightly basis while carrying the offensive load that he is. It's just really, really high level stuff from him. I wrote a piece at no about his brother when he was coming out of Santa Clara. And it was one of those guys that I talked to a high level executive during that draft class. And I was just like, you know, who are you like this year? And, you know, we went back and forth about, 30 people and i was like now who's the guy you like that you're not telling me about and he's like jalen williams santa clara and i it was the beginning of the year he's like you need to go home and watch him and i went i literally went home and watched him and i just jaw was picking up off the floor and what i'm getting at with cody is there's all of this flashes and more consistent than just flashes of versatility on both sides of the ball is the same thing that Jalen worked on for three years at Santa Clara. And then all of a sudden became this, he became this guy that was like, what do you need me to do? I can do it. And I think Cody's trending in that direction of we're seeing it now as a freshman. that's super, super talented upside. Um, I know I talked about earlier, like saying maybe he has star upside, but I'm thinking maybe this is just one of those guys that this could be, you know, if Detroit puts him next to Cade Cunningham, like, Ooh, okay. Like that gets really exciting. You go to Tankathon and start looking at all those teams and you put Cody Williams in and you could probably get excited about every team just because mm-hmm. putting him alongside whatever you have is a big boost. Him going to Washington with cool ball. my goodness. Like there you go. Like stuff like that gets excited. Him going to San Antonio. Hello. So, that's where I'm at the point where I'm like, well, then why wouldn't this guy be number one on my board? And, and I just love 
everything I've seen from Cody, I think he's starting to check boxes when it comes to, I can hang my hat on both sides of the ball and do whatever you need. Yeah. And I, I think something that you kind of alluded to right there is really fascinating. And when we look at the top of this draft class, um, because every time we've done one of these mocks, um, you know, names like Jacoby Walter, Alexander Sarr, Nikola Topic, uh, they all, they all get brought up um, for the number one pick, but then we all have our differing viewpoints of, yeah, but does he really fit with this roster and how are they going to use him? And is there too much positional overlap? There's none of that concern with Cody. And the fact that you can look at essentially any single roster in the, let's just say the top 10 and be like, yeah, he can play there. Yeah. He can complement these guys. Yeah. He can take on more of a load in this area. Yeah. He can be their primary perimeter defender down, down the road. That's really rare. And that's something that we're not saying about a lot of these guys where, you know, not, not, not to dog on these guys necessarily, but when Alex, Alex Sarr comes up for the Pistons. It's like, ah, oh, God, but they have so many bigs. Is there enough shooting there? Is there a, too much positional overlap? Is it clunky? You know, Topic. It's like, all right, how does he fit in here? There are none of those concerns with Cody Williams, and he's pr- kind of by the day emerging as one of these um, rare guys who are not entirely fit independent, but he's certainly trending that way. It's a wings league. We yeah. all know this. And he has the tools to be one of the top wings in this class. And I mean, I mean, here's literally Tankathon right now. Detroit, Washington, San Antonio, Charlotte. That's a yes everywhere. Mm-hmm. You put Charlotte, you put him with Brandon Miller. That's a really fun duo to groom yeah. with. Then Portland, Toronto, Memphis, Houston. Like where what team is like, uh, no, he wouldn't fit here. I think every team would be like, Oh my gosh, Cody Williams. Yeah, we'll jump all over that. And it's you got to think long-term, but I, I think the long-term upside is sensational. I think a team that just be patient and lets his game continue to develop. I'm not saying Cody is going to come in and be all of a sudden a, you know, averaging 18 a game as a rookie. It might take a little bit of time, but I think the tools to develop down the road are, are really legit. I, I really am impressed with his game this year. All right. Final thoughts on him. Um, you, you have him at one. I have him at three. Oh, love that from you. Um, I, you know, I, a lot, Kristen said that she has him at one. He's, he's going to be one of the consensus top three to five guys come draft time. But what do you want to see from him for, for the rest of the year? Um, to just make you even feel better about your number one ranking. I think if he keeps building off of this, um, and just keeps doing this stuff, keeps showcasing some versatility, like the playmaking, the defense, like it's we're at a point with him now where the more sample size we get of him doing this stuff, the more people are gonna start being like, Okay, wait, wait, okay, maybe number one isn't crazy because I'm getting to a point with a lot of these guys where you watch and you just start checking boxes. And I think this is the time of the year where if you, if you're quickly checking boxes, you're sending a loud statement. I think Cody is like the shots. I'm buying the shot, which is the first thing. Like everyone's like, eh, the shot was impressive early on, but it wasn't consistent enough. It's consistent enough. Now he's making right decisions of when to take the outside shot. He's letting the game come to him. He looks under control now. Like he looks like the game slowed down. Defensive upside, defensive versatility, um, on-ball stuff. Like he, He's just checking a lot of boxes, but I think 
the big thing for me, and we had an article today, no ceilingsmba.com. Me and Metcalf had the same answer, which I'm really proud of you. But February 10th, which could be fun. Arizona at Colorado. Arizona kicked the crap out of them <laughs> earlier in the year. It was like a 40 point win, but there was no Tristan De Silva and no Cody Williams. That team is going to be foaming at the mouth because yeah. they're going to be like, all right, now you're coming to our place. And Cody's going to be like, this is, he's going to get the kitchen sink thrown at him. Like everyone's going to go try to stop Cody. So I want to see what he can do with, you know, a, a really tough Arizona team. And it's going to be really interesting. Um, great comment, Mr. Ray, because that's my top two on my board right now. I have Cody and Risha Shea because I just love both of them. Yeah. Love what it. do you, what um, do you want? What do you want? No, 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 no. I'm throwing it back at you. What do you want? What do you um, want to see from Cody? I mean, what could get him away from what could get him up from three for you? More, more of this more. Just, I just m- need more, m- more of the same. I just want more. Um, and Please, if he sir, does, if he more. does this through February and Jacoby's kind of in his outings are kind of continue to be a little up and down. Um, that'll probably be the switch for me. If he starts to show a little more playmaking, um, then that would probably be what bumps him over Risa Shea for me. Um, Risa Shea's just been so goddamn consistent on both ends of the floor and incredibly efficient and confident that it's really tough for me to make that move right now. You know, it's, it's, uh, things are always moving. Um, but the easy answer is, oh, well, if his handle just got so, t- so much tighter then you know, e- easy number one, but it's like that, that's an off season thing. So that's not going to happen. Uh, another easy one would be, well, if he just continues to shoot at like 45%, but you know, it'll come down a little bit. Um, I, I, I really think that just seeing a little bit more, diversification in the playmaking and kind of elevating that to another level of, okay, you can, you're really starting to show not necessarily primary creator stuff because that's the threshold for that is just so obscene, but can you be that secondary guy? Can you, you know, be that weak side creator where ball swings to you, you're initiating the pick and roll and you're kind of getting whatever shot you want or creating for others out of that um, at the NBA level. So I, I, I think the, the, the big thing for me would be obviously consistency, keep building on what he's doing. Uh, but then how much more playmaking is kind of lurking there waiting to be unleashed. I mean, he's got a true shooting percentage. I'm sorry if you said this earlier of 66.6 right now. And his yeah, usage good. is 22. Not bad. So he's doing a lot. And when his when his number is called, he's doing a lot of really impressive stuff. That's all I got. All right. Love it. Um, let's move on to our next player, but let's take a quick break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we're back. Uh, Another freshman. He's been absolutely incredible recently here. Um, Johnny Furphy, freshman from Kansas. 6'9", 205-ish wing. Uh, Really one of the kind of only three and real three and D wings in this class outside of the outside of Risa Shea and uh, Cody, I would say, uh, at least in the top of the draft. What are your thoughts with, with Johnny? Welcome to the party, pal. I feel <laughs> like Johnny is uh here's Johnny. I feel like he's really, I think he's crashing the party. I think he's going to be if he we we talked about this. We said, okay, who do you want to talk about this cl- for this episode? And I was like, Cody, who the hell else do you think I want to talk about? And then I was like, well, what else do you think? And he goes, let's get weird. Let's talk about Johnny Furphy. And I was like, oh, Metcalf, here we go. And I knew he had been repressing. I knew there was some buzz starting to get cooking, really. And then I turned on the tape at 2 a.m. this morning because I don't have a life. And my newborn child doesn't want me to have a life. And yeah, that was a jolt of coffee. The moment I was watching it, there's awesome stuff all over the place. I'm like, uh, yes, I'm, I'm in on the Johnny Furphy experience. I don't think it's fake. Um, if you went and watched his stuff when he announced, when it came and announced that he was going to reclassify for everyone, he was from Australia. He's from Melbourne, Australia, reclassified. He was with, um, center of excellence, very prestigious program in Australia and when you watched his stuff in the beginning of the year, when it, it announced that he reclassified, I was like, oh my gosh, this kid, beautiful stroke, tall, can shoot the crap out of it. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's dribbling up the court and he throws up like a vicious monster poster dunk on three guys. And I'm like, whoa, what is this? And it seemed like it was just like, okay, maybe this is a next year guy that gets really cooking with a full off season. Kansas was kind of struggling a little bit. They put him in the starting lineup. He's had he's averaging 14.5 points per game in his last four games since they put him in the starting lineup. Shooting splits of 55-47. I'm in. <laughs> what, what do you got, Metcalf? I'm in. Um, how in? I'll tell you. Because I, updated I, my, I, I updated my board today. Give me the number. 14. <laughs> um i i don't care. i got him at 28 i got him at 28 Not- i feel really good about 28 i feel great about 28 i will say this i i i had him at 28 i kept watching it and i was like i love him <laughs> i was just like he you know what it is metcalf it's it's this is guys like this. You all of a sudden start watching and you're like, what do I not like? And and I'm like, he has a gorgeous shot. He he can get to his spots really quick. He's great at relocating. He's his great off hustle movement plays. Oh, is gosh. incredible. The, the, especially off- like offensive rebounding yes. relocation threes. It's all just supernatural. I have plenty of clips. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. I'd be like, he, he, come out of nowhere for an offensive rebound, throw it back out. And I was like, he's going to go get a wide open three now. And he just run baseline. Get I was like, that stuff leaps off tape to me when I'm watching. I'm like, that is someone with great awareness, understanding of where he's supposed to be, understanding of playing his role 
and how can I make an impact? And then he has the athleticism to, he runs like a deer in transition. He's a really good athlete. A really good athlete. He gets nasty on people. If you go watch his, uh, I mean, that was weird phrasing. If you go watch his <laughs> stuff at Australia, like he, he dunks on people like with anger. It's, yeah. it's so it's fun. It sneaks up on you. He's thin frame. He's would be a golden ticket. If he declares in this class, like I would be like a team saying like, we're drafting him. We're, building him up for a couple of years. Go ahead. Someone outside my place is apparently just honking a horn as much as it possibly can. So sorry guys. Um, yeah. I, I, I know this is a rich name and I texted oh. you it. I, what, what did you text me? it? No, you I didn't. thought so. Um, oh, you didn't. You didn't. He's giving me. Oh, you did vibes. Yep. You did. Te- you did text me that. I can't tell if I hadn't had my coffee yet or if I looked down and I was like, oh, my goodness. Um, okay, so, so so I'm going to have a little fun with numbers here. Um, just just looking at Bartorvik, uh, for players uh, from a true high major conference who are at least 6'9", had an effective field goal rate over 60, three-point field goal percentage over 40, and attempted at least 10 three-pointers per 100 possessions. Johnny Furphy is one of eight players to do that. He is the only freshman, and a couple others are Cam Johnson and Trey Murphy. Good list, really good list. Um, so my my thing with Furphy at the beginning of the year was the the flashes were there. They were the shot looked good, there the size was good, the athleticism checked out. It's like all right, this is a guy who could be a massive sophomore riser, but he just wasn't getting the opportunity. And then Bill Self realized that there was zero shooting on that team and zero wing defenders on that team, you know, obviously excluding Kevin McCuller and all right, Johnny, give us something and good Lord, has he given them something? Um, It's I'm just lost for words, really good podcast content here. No, no, it it, it is a lot shocking how good he's been. I have some really aggressive thoughts and, um, I'm trying to figure out if I want to spill them. I have a buddy. I have to give a shout out to my buddy, Mayor. Um, die hard Kansas Jayhawks fan. Every year, Mayor messages me before the year and he's like, hey, should I get excited about these incoming freshmen? Because he knows I'm into the draft and I tell him the truth. I'm like, yeah, you can do it. And I told him again the year, I was like, hey, Furphy's going to be a cool guy. He might not be this year, but he might be a really stud next year. And Mayor messaged me after Kansas' last game and he goes, furfy rocks he's yeah. like this kid is he a prospect for this year i know you and so like and he's one of those diehard fans he watches every game and um that speaks loud too i love when people do that because i'm like oh all right and then i went and just like you said i wouldn't watch this stuff and i'm like my goodness there's a little fun this or that everyone's favorite Ooh. game Ooh. we're gonna get a lot of heat for this one <laughs> Bazellus or Furphy? Uh, I cur- currently Bazellus. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to get you to bite. No, I have Bazellus still, but my problem no, I, is I, 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 I thought Bazellus was going to be what Furphy's doing right now. <laughs> I still like Bazellus, but I, 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 I think the upside of Bazellus is still much higher. Um, am I a little more confident in <laughs> the baseline for Johnny Furphy? Maybe. Um, Furphy's just. He his motor's cooking. I love how he plays. What are you? Where are you? Okay, let's clip this. I I, I, I had but, too much fun. 
Um, I, I'm just going to run through a handful of numbers here. Okay, okay, go for it. Go for um, it. So, Furphy currently offensive rating of 125.7, uh, effective field goal rate of 66.1, offensive rebounding rate of 7.1, defensive rebounding rate of 17, assist rate of 5.4, which bad but we'll get into uh turnover rate of just 10.3 very good uh block and steal rates both of, at 1.8 shooting 74.1 percent from two 41.7 percent from three on 11.8 three-point attempts per 100 possessions when we go to synergy 95th percentile in spot while spotting up uh 68th percentile in transition uh, 92nd percentile on all jumpers, 75th shooting off the catch, 96th percentile shooting at the rim, where he is shooting 76%. Good numbers. He rocks. He rocks. All right. W- where do you want to start with the clips? I don't know. Offense, defense, shooting, um, off ball movement. Let's do you, you pick. What do you want? Dealer's, dealer's choice. Dealer's choice. Um, Let's start simple with just some of the relocation stuff. So none of this is going to really pop off the screen besides, you know, beautiful shooting stroke, but just watch how effortlessly he glides into these little open pockets and just makes that passing window for his teammates easier. It's really subtle stuff, but it's absolutely crucial for him creating these really good looks and creating these open windows for his teammates. Like this isn't anything overly complicated, but it's, just second nature to him and the fact that he just knows where he kind of needs to keep drifting to to keep the offensive spacing perfect and free himself up for an open shot while also providing that really easy outlet to his teammate it's really important for an off-ball shooter yeah i'll say this in a very blunt way it's not because metcalf is being nice it's not overly complicated but not everyone wants to do it because it requires being having your attention nonstop constantly being engaged and understanding like when the ball moves, I need to move and balancing the floor spacing. It's something that, you know, a a lot of guys don't understand. And a lot of guys that play overseas really do understand because they've been drilled in fundamentals and um, it's deep. There's a lot of good stuff. This one's fantastic. Like this one is, it's great understanding of just keep spacing and balance the floor. And and he doesn't get to that spot too quickly no. where he can't Timing. step into the shot where let me, let me fast forward, get to it. No, um, it's okay. I like watch all of these. I mean, he just kind of, I mean, it'd be really easy for him to just sprint to that elbow. Um, but by kind of just drifting into it, he's able to step into it and just, immediately launch that with real ease real comfort and just gorgeous fluidity yeah because you're trying to make he's trying to make the the closeout as hard as possible Mm -hmm. for his defender so you're trying to get away obviously for obvious reasons to get a good a good shot but you're just trying to get your window bigger and any type of movement i mean i i know that one's a standstill but right here if you if you stay there he's not coming but the fact that you keep moving makes that closeout impossible. And yes, it's a great point by Dirty Dancer, who I just love. He's always commenting on every episode. We love you. But yes, they're deep. It's not just a three that's, you know, like right on the line. He's shooting legit range at six, eight, six, nine with touch in a great form. All right. Uh this one it it wasn't a three, but I love the off ball movement here. Yes. Um that that's just perfect. So Left wing cuts through. They kick it to the wing as he's 
as Furphy's cutting through, he's waving for that pass to come because he knows they have a numbers advantage over here because that West Virginia center does not want to leave Hunter Dickinson alone at the free throw line. Instead of flaring out to the corner, Furphy sees that the restricted area is completely wide open. It just cuts there. Easy dunk. Yeah, it's just a lot of really good understanding of being like, I'm supposed to go to the corner, but this is a wide open play. Yep. Thank you. Just, just the, that that movement, that understanding of spacing, it's just second nature to him. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, Keep them coming. Here. I know they're getting. Let's I know they're going to get sexier because I watched so, everything I could possibly see this morning on him. So I know they're only going to get more fun. Yes. <laughs> great, great offensive rebound. Immediately kicks it back out. Relocates. Always ready for the shot. Just. It's- there's about 15 of those in the last couple of games. I mean, it's just like, okay, go get it. Be a basketball player. He he sees his defender peeking, turns his back Space. on him. Looks oh. at the hands are always ready. The shot yeah. prep doesn't need long. Doesn't not a long, uh, not a low load, a, lo, a low load. There we go. On his shot. There we go. <laughs> Words are hard. Be, and he has a thin frame. So that's good. Like it, I, it, he's already, he's listed at like 205. Yeah, but I'm saying that his frame's going to fill out. Like his upper body will fill out, but like you don't need to. A lot of those guys you see, like they got to load up, they got to really bring the ball down, and I hate that because it's just added time. His is just ready to roll right away. Yeah, and you know the the threat of the shot creates stuff like this where he's a little pump gets the hard closeout. <sighs> That's the stuff that you're like understanding that like oh i hit a couple shots now i can do this and it's just all over the place it's just really good recognition because there's there's young guys that want to shoot that as much as possible there's also guys that are like okay now i can go attack yeah and you know i i know he's he's not a high level playmaker i would be shocked if he ever is but little stuff like that he doesn't get an assist there um it doesn't show up in the box score but it's using that shooting gravity to create something for his teammates because that that subtle little shot fake forces that long closeout. Now that defender's out of the picture, forces the rotation. You dump it off to your big man. Yeah, going to the line. Absolutely perfect offense. All right. Um, no, keep him coming. I'm let's go with this one. This is one of my favorite sequences from him. Just oh yeah, awesome on-ball defense. It, just Bryce Thompson makes an absurd shot here. But that defense is perfect. I'm just going to let it run because now it goes into the offense here. It's a little longer clip, so just stay with me. No, it's fine. Um, Spotted up in the right corner. Kansas is running their stuff. Yes. Again. Defender turned his back. Get back right. I I love this place so much. (laughs) I just love it. Like, how many guys do we see doing this? And then staying locked in of like, okay, I can get the ball back now. He doesn't go until Thompson turns his back there. And he's, he's kind of drifting back towards half court like he's not going to crash. Then, of course, he crashes and immediately gets rid of it. Resets, shot ready, finds that open pocket in the corner because his man has completely forgotten about him and has no idea where he is. Wide open three. His man, the moment he realized that Furphy got the ball... I think he even threw his hands up like, what the, like, how did he go? Like, uh, so that's good recognition though. That's a smart player. That's just kind of like, okay, let me find my spot to go attack. And also it takes desire. Like that is desire. 
Yeah. It's not a skill. That is desire. That is a, I'm going to do this even when I'm only getting it 10% of the time because the ball doesn't bounce the right way, but also understanding where the ball might bounce. You know, Dennis Rodman was always great at that of understanding angles. It's just heart and desire. That's all it is. Who wants it? And, and those guys are special. It's always Johnny. It's always Johnny. Um. All right. L- let's move into some of the defense stuff because I, I think he's a really good defender. Um, I think he lacks a little bit of polish at the end of some of these drives, but overall his footwork is really strong, really competitive, uses his length well, and rarely, rarely fouls. That's good stuff. I know that's a little sloppy, but for where I would say that's fantastic. I like the feet never get set in the cement. I, I like that. He stays engaged like the Fun. hands, little handsy there. That's okay. But get, he has a lot of times where he's getting the hands out. Which you yeah. don't see anymore. Like guys just let their hands sit, like tied to their ankles. And I'm like, get your hands out if you have that length, especially at six nine. Like that's fine. His feet will get a little bit better, but I think that's good balance. But he has the length to kind of make up for yes. any of you know, foot speed deficiencies. But even on his con- you know closeouts, he's under control. And Otega always one of the better slashers in the country right now, and he's consistently keeping him in front of him here. What I love on top of all of that is that after he forces these kickouts and Oklahoma goes into a pick and roll, he's tagging the roller here and yep. being a good weak side defender, being a good teammate, and then recovering to his stuff under control away, you know, not being a big time shooting threat makes that a little easier. But he's doing this in every game that you watch from him where he's really active on the weak side, moves his feet That's well, right. gets in a defensive stance, hands out. He's not hand checking guys. It's just, and then and then he constantly turns possessions like this into spot up threes or dunks and transition going the other way. Yeah, that's stuff you get excited to work with because you can work with like the the closeout, like angling a little bit if you want. But like the fact that he can move that quickly laterally, it's fantastic. That's why you get excited about him as a potential little developmental piece um, because you're seeing all of the flashes and areas that you can get pumped about get excited about working with any cl- that's all you had i was about to get ready for like 24 hours of johnny furphy cliff no no that that's all i got are we just getting too excited are we getting too excited about him in this class or do we think this is a legit top 20 guy he needs to keep it up. I, I, we'll, I, we'll I, it that way. He needs yes. to keep this up. Yes. Yes, of course. Or everyone tries to, you know, old takes exposed or freezing <laughs> cold takes. Like he has to keep this up for a month at least. Yes. Yeah, so, before he starts getting serious, like, oh, Furphy might be a guy. I, I mean, yeah, I so think I, he is, but go ahead. Sorry. I, I, I have him at 14. So I, I think this last month of play from him has been is more than warranted middle of the first round conversation. And if I think he's going to be Trey Murphy esque and that type of player, that type of shooter, that type of athlete, that type of defender, then why would you not take him top 10? And obviously, you know, things could tail off down the stretch. This is a hot month for him. He's going to, you know, maybe he has to come back, but as of right now of what he's doing right now and over the last month plus he's, proving to me at least that he is a real legit three and D wing with one, at least one 
uh, bona fide NBA skill with his spot up shooting. Um, and then I think the athleticism and defense are just about there too. I mean, he, he's coming off a game. He just had 23 and 11 yeah. and they have a gauntlet coming up. Um, they've got at Iowa state, Oklahoma state, Houston, Kansas state. And then here's a little fun stretch. Baylor, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Texas, BYU, Baylor. So the matchup against will be fun on Baylor. Yes. We're going to find out in a hurry. If he can keep doing this and then we get to those sweet spots of Baylor, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Texas, and he's doing this, everybody better get your damn Johnny Furphy fan club memberships are are renewed because things are going to get interesting. I think it's legit. I, I am excited to keep watching him. I'm saying that. And if he goes out and has nine and five, the next game, it's not like going to be a, Oh gosh, here we go. He's, he's, he's not ready for next year. I think it's just, we need a couple more of these games and things get interesting. And if he keeps doing this and making winning plays, then we're going to be cooking. Absolutely. Um, any final thoughts on Furphy or no 14. No. Wow. I'm just, I love how aggressive you get. I love it. But I, it, I get six it. nine six right. nine shooter like that with yeah. that athleticism and defense, and I've seen some other people buying into the upside all year. So hats off to them. But, the, the, um, the other guys that kind of match that criteria in this class are Risa Shea and Cody Williams, and they're in everyone's top five. I know those guys have a little bit more on ball stuff, um, especially Cody. But I, 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 you know, there's no one else outside of those two in most people's first rounds who are six, nine shoot 40% from three and defend on ball um, and off ball the way he does um, and move like he does. You know, I, I, I can hear some of the conversations for uh, Tyler Smith, who's been awesome to Jane saloon, who's been really good. Uh, but I think those guys are closer to power forwards and, you know, true forwards and, you know, bigs than Furphy, who's more of just a pure wing. So, I, I'm John George, very really excited. excited. We're really, really big fans at No Ceiling. So, yes, that's a good one. Thank you, Dirty Dancer. Oh, I agree with you, Metcalf. I agree. I agree. I'm very okay. excited. Uh, let's take our final break and then jump into Jordan Hawkins. All right, Rucker. Uh, one of you know No Ceiling's favorites last year, uh, Jordan Hawkins, shooting guard, rookie from – uh, UConn, obviously playing with the New Orleans Pelicans. He was picked 14th overall. Um, that f- kind of felt like a really common spot for us to uh, mock him in a, a lot of ours last year. The fit's been really fun. Uh, he ended up 15th on our final big board. Uh, is Currently this year, he is averaging 10.9 points, 2.8 rebounds, 1.4 assists on 41.5, 39.4, 83.6 shooting splits. Over his last 10 games, though, he is averaging 17.1 minutes, 12.4 points, 55.8, 53.1, 75 shooting splits on 4.9 three-point attempts per game. Uh, 65% of his shots are coming from three. He has an effective field goal rate of 56.2, which has leaped up into the 69th percentile. Uh, a couple weeks ago when we originally scheduled to do this, that was about 10 to 15 points lower. So it's awesome to see that uh, his leap that much. Uh, He's shooting 55% at the rim, 45% from the mid range and 40% from three. He's in the 55th percentile spotting up 46th percentile on handoffs, 92nd percentile off screens where he has a 69.5 effective field goal rate. Where do you want to start with Mr. Doran Hawkins? I love him. 
Um, I think this is exactly what I was expecting. I mean, I, I loved him as a prospect. Um, I had him 12th on my final big board, I think. Um, probably another guy. I was a coward, and I loved him more than my final ranking. I, I just think this is a, a rare breed. Um, I was kind of talking to you about this before we started. I don't think these shooters come around as yeah. much as other people do. I, I think everyone's like, well, you can always find a shooter. You don't find this shooter. Um, Jordan Hawkins is, you know, I'm, I still want to workshop this. So we're going to just workshop it together live on the air. I think there's shooters that are just, you know, catch and shoot guys just lethal. I think there's movement shooters where they're a nightmare because they can just get their own on movement. That's why I said that. And I'm going to try to figure out a new nickname for this, but I feel like it's Roadrunner. Beep, beep. Where it's like, you can't catch him. You have to chase him around the court all the time. Steph Curry's in that category. John Havlicek, Boston Celtics legend, was the alpha when it came to this. You had to chase him all game. They exhaust you. And all of a sudden, they just run you around a couple screens and boom, they did an elbow jumper. And you're just like, I can't keep up with this guy. And I think Jordan Hawkins is in that category. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's Steph Curry or a Hall of Famer. I'm saying those guys are rare breeds where it's they have a gorgeous outside shot. They have great balance of yeah. running from all types of different speed where they can get set and get up their shot in a hurry. And you have to chase them all the time. And me and you said this when we talked about Hawkins last year. I said, I want the next team to invest in what Jordan Hawkins brings to the table. And I'm, I've been watching the Pelican stuff and you can see they run sets to let Jordan Hawkins be Jordan Hawkins. And I think that's really cool for a team investing some of your playbook in a rookie. Um, he's going to have inconsistencies because guys like this have to figure out when their shots not going from deep, how can you get it going? Mm -hmm. I've seen good flashes when it comes to, he hits a couple outside shots and throws a up fake and pull up jumper. Seen more stuff off the bounce when he's attacking than I think people were expecting. I, I I've always thought he had that. It's just now he's going to have to start getting those little tricks in his game, and that might be something he works on in the off season of, you know, finding more places to impact the in between game. But I've I've loved what I've seen from him. I think he's right on cue. I think he's going to be a guy by year three when he starts getting some stuff in his bag that it's just like, gosh, he's a headache. <laughs> Cause you already see like older players don't want to guard him. I said this, like older players do not want to have to chase Jordan Hawkins around four screens and yeah. chase this roadrunner on the court. Maybe. Yeah. And it, the, so, so what's tough with him when you just look at the numbers, nothing stands out besides the outside shooting numbers, which are fantastic as you know, we really expected. Um, but the rebounding numbers are bad. The defensive numbers are bad. The playmaking numbers are bad, but then it's like, of course they are. He's a rookie. That's what they, that that's what most rookies advanced numbers tend to look like where, you know, his, his both his block and steal rates are under 1%. Uh, the Pelicans net rating is 9% or nine points lower with him on the court than off their offensive rating. Uh, is just 0 0.8 points lower uh, with him on than off, which is 50th percentile, which is fantastic for a rookie. But it's the defensive stuff where it's 8.1 higher with him on than off, which is in the 6th percentile. 
that's what most rookies historically have looked like. And he was never pegged as um, an awesome defender. There are flashes where he's moving his feet, getting physical, uh, showing some competency. But that's the end of the floor where it's really going to, I think, three, four years from now, let's say two to two to three years from now really kind of comes around and that's where it's like, Oh, okay. Now he's really kind of contributing on both ends, not to the all NBA level, but he's not killing you, you know, by, by a margin of nine points um, on defense, the offensive stuff has been outstanding. And the, the biggest change with him recently, I mentioned earlier that his effective field goal rate has jumped 10 points in the last couple weeks. And when you look at his, role it has been so inconsistent this year where in november he was averaging 30 30.1 minutes uh december that dropped to 12 january that's back up to 17.9 and a lot of that is the injuries that the pelicans had earlier in the year all those guys got healthy and came back hawkins is now back on the end of the bench to be expected he's a rookie um but now they're kind of figuring out what kind of sets to run for him where to kind of insert him into games where he can make that impact make that impact and really sprint him off of screens and use that quick release of his where even when he comes off a screen, he can throw a jab step attack back against the defender's momentum, get to the elbow in the mid range and rise up in the blink of an eye. It's that, that balance, that explosiveness, the consistency with the shooting. It's a really easy role to just kind of plug and play in, in a lineup that's as talented and as big as the Pelicans are. So the, the shooting's been fantastic, um, and the fact that they're kind of steadily figuring out how to use him is really, really encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, he landed in a spot where they were deep, so he is a rookie. He has to earn his minutes, but there's also nights where it's probably a fun luxury to have as a coach when all of a sudden you're like, uh-oh, Jordan's cooking. Got to keep him on the court because he's cooking. Like he, He's a guy that's going to win playoff games he's the guy that's going to win playoff series because Jordan Hawkins is, you know, all of a sudden going to get red hot and your team's struggling. And well, Jordan's dropping 30 tonight. Like I just think there's a, a world in which his game continues to evolve. He continues to get more dangerous because the shot's always going to be there. He's always going to be a problem to deal with off of movement. He's, he's got sneaky athleticism. It's just, can he add some stuff to his game? And, and I don't think it has to be that crazy. He just has to keep getting better and more comfortable with that stuff. Like, um, you know, I don't compare guys like this often, but like Ray Allen was just so dangerous in this same mindset of he figured out how to run off screens and be dangerous. Rip Hamilton, like these guys were able to make very lengthy, successful careers because they're every team wants them. Cause you're just a nightmare to deal with. And um, you know, you got to be consistent and make shots. And I think that's going to come mm-hmm. with time, like w- throughout his career, as he will be become a more consistent player. But we see stretches where you're just like, oh gosh, Jordan's on a tear this month. And then, you know, I think you hit your rookie wall or whatever you want to say. But I, I just think the Pelicans got another great piece that is only going to keep getting better. All right. Well, to, you know, kind of help us with future drafts in this current draft it always helps looking back and trying to figure out what works and with Hawkins specifically is there anyone in this draft that kind of that that you think could kind of 
grow into that type of shooter, that type of player. Um, is there a Jordan Hawkins esque player um, in this draft? No, I agree. There's not. That's what I'm trying to get out of the beginning. This he is more um, a rarer breed than people think. Some people could try to say Wooga Poplar. No, not even close. Like. Jordan is a disaster with what he does off the ball. It's why I fell in love with him as a prospect. He, he runs you to death and then he keeps running. Like it's just ridiculous of how dangerous he could become when things start to even slow down more for him. I would love if there was another one in this class. Like we always joke, it'd make things a lot easier. There's just, is there anyone even in that conversation for you, Metcalf? I mean, Reed, not no, really. Jacoby, Reed stuff really. isn't movement. Jacoby's, exactly. Jacoby's stuff off screens is typically to set up something else where, you know, he's running off screens to set up a pick and roll or into a DHO or something like that. Caravan um, doesn't move like that. No, Caravan um, doesn't move like that. Furphy doesn't move like that. Uh, Rob Dillingham doesn't move like that. Wooga doesn't move like that. Wooga's more Malik Beasley where, you know, he, he's eager to let it fly but it's mostly spot up stuff and no one's hitting no one in this class is consistently moving off ball like jordan does and then hitting tough movement threes um and then using that off ball movement to leverage stuff in the mid-range too it's a rare rare elite skill to have now and we just don't really see elite shooters move like that anymore and you know I, I feel like 10 years ago, there were a handful of these guys in every draft where, you know, everyone's getting the JJ Reddick comp. Everyone's getting the Rip Hamilton right, comp. Right. And those guys moved at an entirely different level than everyone in this class. There are some good shooters in this class, but it's all spot up. It's all standstill stuff. I mean, I go back to 2022 and I'm looking through. There wasn't a guy that moved like that. No, Keegan, Keegan's a great off ball in that conversation I had earlier when I was talking about there's shooters, there's movement shooters. Keegan's a movement shooter. Like Keegan can move, but you know, there's no road runners. Those I, are the rare ones. Like you, you, you just pull your hair out trying to have to keep up with them. Cause they're running off the screen. They're running down a pin down. They're running out. And then all of a sudden you're smothering them and they're getting the wide open. They're, they're like, I don't care if you're right on top of me. I can still get my shot off in a hurry. So Go ahead. Yeah, just the only one that I can, you know, you really, really squint and you see a little bit of it is Antonio Reeves from Kentucky. Yeah. But even still, the bulk of his stuff is spot up. It, it, yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it's such. Like Jed different... Howard was a movement shooter. I'm just thinking yeah, of names well, now. Movement shooter. Well, and it, it, it's just it's so tough to get a guy to buy into doing that kind of stuff because it is exhausting work. And when it doesn't get rewarded, when you don't get every look that you want, when you don't get the pass made to you every single time, um, it's really easy to be like, all right, well, fuck that. Not doing that again. Um, I'm just going to go spot up in the corner or, you know, kind of relocate here instead of sprinting for 25 seconds, every possession. That it's a rare, rare, rare skill that Jordan Hawkins has. And the fact that he's translating that similar movement that we saw at UConn, where he's sprinting off stuff constantly and he's doing that 
in the in the NBA and using that kind of change of pace, that explosiveness to change directions and then immediately rise up in really small windows, it's it's pretty special. It's super special, and it, it does not come around as often as we might think as evaluators, as basketball fans. You don't find this type of, of guard, wing, that can do this so quickly with everything he does in, in the package. And I, I mean, you know, JJ, you named JJ Redick. I still think he was more of like a movement shooter guy. Like there's a oh, lot yeah. of movement shooters, but guys that just run all the time and, and then can also attack the basket. And I just think they're a very rare breed. So yeah, I, I love Jordan. I, I'm like so pumped to watch him continue to add to his game over the years. I think he's going to be a, a heck of a talent. All right. Well, let's figure out who we're, uh, covering next week so let me just pull up the wheel here oh the wheel of destiny the wheel a little rookie roulette all right let's go who do we who do we got for next week the sounds are just incredible i I get excited it (laughs) makes my day every time oh my good lord all right we're gonna have some fun next week um et phone home okay (laughs) wow the frenchman by the way cut out did I? No, out? I'm here. One of us cut out. One of us froze. <laughs> I'm here. I'm talking to myself. All right. I, I think Rucker's gone. Oh, Are you back? I'm here. I'm in. Are you back? Can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. I've been talking this whole time. I <laughs> oh, usually. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, see. Like, no, I'm here. I was like those memes where it's like, no, I'm not a ghost. I'm here. <laughs> so, so, so Victor Wembanyama is breaking the NBA and our internet apparently. So it's just that'll be a fun one. That'll be a fun one. Yeah, it's gonna be. Wow, did you watch that game last night? Uh, no. I, I was. I watched watching... the fourth quarter. Oh. If I were you, okay. Him and Victor went toe to toe for a oh, while. Oh, I saw. Some of him and Chet went. Yeah. It, it was pretty fun. This the sequences. There's a lot of anger building up. Um, so yeah, it's fun. It was very fun to watch. Love it. Um, all right, Rucker. Uh, let's wrap this up. What's the best thing in basketball you've seen recently? That. Um, I mean, MB dropping 70s, yeah. absurd. It, it, it has to be. He's got to be, um, he's got to win MVP if he keeps this up. I, I'm gonna be angry. I haven't followed the numbers that but if they do that stupid rule where he can like the cutoff, mm-hmm. stupid. He's, so he's I, MVP I, I think right now. It's absurd. It's not I think there is like a provision in it. I could be wrong, but I, I'm pretty confident there's a provision in there where guys can appeal and be like, no, this was like, these were legit injuries or whatever. And, you know, it'll be reviewed. So I I find it hard to believe that he won't, if he keeps this up, that he won't be back-to-back MVP. His game logs is unbelievable. Okay. His last 16 games, he's averaging 40, 11.9, 5.1, 1.9 blocks on 57, 41, 89. That's absurd. Every game is like 30 and high. It's just absurd. Um, he's a bad man. I, I love watching Embiid when he's cooking like this. I'm very excited. Um, you know, the the Thunder and Victor, that was pretty fun to watch. Um, Victor's starting to do some really scary shit on the court in terms of efficiency. So, yeah, I, I I'm trying to think of what else. I just need one. No. Luca lately when he 
told the fan to leave because they said get on a treadmill that was kind of <laughs> i was like give me a break that was all it took to, for you to snap um i think he even told him said in the press conference he's like yeah i was kind of a jerk by me i was like yeah yeah <laughs> so. all right well let's wrap this up green room oh, um, gosh did i update the <laughs> doubt it <laughs> i think i did actually and then i let's see if i can up Okay, well, it, it's the most exclusive club in the in the NBA draft world. Where I think I have it, so I'll upload it while you're BSing. Um, where we we only admit a max of fourteen guys. This is not based on our. This is not just our lottery rankings. It is not our consensus one through fourteen. Uh, these are based on vibes, potential, pedigree, um, mostly vibes. Guys who are really thriving, who are ha- who deserve the recognition. Uh, w- by the, by draft time, we will get to 14 names. Uh, we're just going one at a time. I think we'll get to 14 names. Maybe we don't. May, maybe we don't get to 14 names this year. Um, but currently in the club, we have Jacoby Walter, Alexander Saar, Ron Holland, Stephen Castle, Zachary Risache, Nikola Topic, Cody Williams, Reed Shepard, and Rob Dillingham. In line, we have Bronny James, Trey Alexander, Bub Carrington, Kevin McCuller, Dolan Connect, Tyler Kolek, Tijane Saloon, Ryan Dunn, and Adem Bona. I didn't have the updated one. Classic. Um, uh, sorry. It, you, you, no, we got to be better at communication. You got to just tell me like, hey, it's happening. Because I always make it. I don't save it. And then you shock me on the air. So it's saved. I just... I shock, we, we do this every episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm stupid. I, I, it's my so bad, It's almost guys. like you just had a kid or something. Yeah, um, it's almost like I had a kid. Okay. So is there anyone that... You, should get booted. Um, what do you think? I don't think so. Who are you leaning? T- it feels like you're leaning towards someone. No, I was trying to figure out if I could pull a miracle off and upload it real quick, but uh, sorry, nah, don't guys. Worry about Next it. time, good. don't worry about it. Um, who would we boot? Gosh, dang it. I, I feel good about everyone in there. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't have any complaints. No complaints here. Okay, you good with everyone in line, or you want to boot on anyone from there? Uh, can you hit me with it one more time? It's it's, it's Br- Bronny James, Trey Alexander, Trey Bub, Reed Dalton. Nope, Reed's in, Reed's in the club. Reed's um, in that. That's the list I have. Bub McCuller, Dalton Connect, Tyler Kolek, to Jane Saloon, Ryan Dunn, Adembona. Forgot we put the Kentucky boys in last time. Uh, I would put Dalton in. Well, you're jumping the gun. God. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm killing me. I want to kick. I want to kick someone out. It's cool. not going to be popular. I think Bronny's got to go. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Sorry. No, everyone can come after me. All you guys that are mixtape and Laker fans come after me. I don't care. He's he doesn't No, He's not in line. He can come back later. Yeah. Try to get in again, but he's not right now. Um, okay. Uh, I'm going to nominate, uh, or I'm, I'm going to put Johnny Furphy in line. Are you, you're going to, or are we going to discuss this? I don't know. In line. Oh, and, okay. and we always get one. We each get one to put in line. I'm not putting him in the club. Oh my God. It's like, we've done this a million times. <laughs> <laughs> we need an Aussie in line. We need an Australian guy. So I'm good with that. Um, anyone you want to put in line? We have too many Kentucky guys and Big Z. No, I'm not jumping in on that. 
too early. Um, no, I, no, I'll 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 save my who I want to nominate for next time. Okay, I'm gonna wait. The line's getting a little lengthy, so I don't. We don't have to add someone every time. I'm okay right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So then you want to nominate Dalton? I don't know how we don't have him in. I, I, he's Hansel. So hot right now. Hansel. I, I just, he's scorching. He's a bad man. I, I've just, I did his breakdown and gosh, that dude could play. <laughs> so good. So yeah. Um, it was also good hearing Kristen talk about Dalton. Yeah. About how his mindset of like he chose to go to Tennessee because he's like, I need to get better as a defender. And I was like, that's the right mindset. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna nominate Dalton to to go into the green room. Love it. Just well, you know, hardworking, blue collar, punch, like grab your your lunch pail and hard hat. Um, he's a big body, you know. I'll say it. We only have one white guy in there and he's a European. So, or no, we have Reed Shepard's in yeah, there. Gosh, my updated there. list is driving me nuts. I don't have, <laughs> okay. So, I mean, we need, you know, SEC, they can hang out. They got some good chemistry going. Um, Dalton's not going to have, you know, too big of a head by getting involved into the green room. Cause he's had to work hard to get here. So he's not going to let it go to his head. I think it's a, it's a good sell. What about you? Yeah, I'm all for it. Well, you don't have do anybody it. else? No, we, we, just we, only, we only do one one a week. Okay. One a week. I didn't know if you had anyone you wanted to fight for, so that's what I was putting it out. Um, well, I, I might have to go to war for Johnny next week. but, but well, yeah, We're, we're a couple games away from Johnny <laughs> getting it's just really... Gonna be the, it's going to be the Johnny Furphy green room. Yeah. All right, Rooker, anything to plug? No. Um you know, I got I got nothing. I got, I'm gonna have some pieces coming out um, at noceilingsinbay.com. Put some videos up. Me and Metcalf are talking about doing some more, getting back on the breakdown for YouTube videos. We did that closer to the draft last year. I feel like me and you were toying about maybe doing a couple of those. So we'll we'll see what's that. But no, thanks for everyone for always joining us. You know, we love you guys. You're a lot of good comments this year. A lot of a lot of comments that you know DMs that are giving me a jolt of energy. So we really appreciate when you guys reach out with the, with the kind words. It's really cool. Or even if you reach out and tell me I suck, I'm like, thanks. You just feel, I love the haters. So, um, appreciate it as always. You know, I love doing this. This makes my week. Absolutely. And, and Rucker's been putting up a ton of awesome midterm videos over at, uh, over on YouTube at no ceilings NBA. Uh, make sure to go check those out. Uh, like you said, we're going to have a whole bunch of breakdowns and stuff. Um, so some more kind of film school stuff. Uh, now that, Works calm down a little bit. Gonna get back in on that grind. Have plenty of tape uh, cut up, so just need to compile it. Uh, by the time you're listening to this uh, on Friday, uh, my piece on AJ Johnson will be up. Um, I love him. I know the numbers suck. The numbers are bad. Ignore the numbers. Look at the process. Uh, the process is very good. Um, so, st- still firm believer, AJ Johnson, first round talent. Um, but. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for hanging out in the live chat. This was a blast. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and a five-star rating. Until next time, see ya.